Hey, it's Dan. A lot of people thought we were joking when we said we didn't know how Missing Richard Simmons was going to end. Well, not a joke. So not a joke that a lot of stuff we thought was going to be in this final episode, stuff we actually teased at the end of the previous one, in the last seven days, that stuff got the boot. Hell, in the last 24 hours, stuff got the boot. We want to be true to the story and where it went. And where it went was somewhere else entirely. So we're going to go that way too. But if you're curious, it involved a boombox and a letter and my skills at gift wrapping and us being way too deep in this story. And if you ever see me on the street, I promise I'll tell you the whole thing. But it's not important. What's important is telling this story about Richard as real time as possible as it happens. And that's why we're releasing this episode a couple days early. Hope you like it. And give me 20, let me hear you count. And. Previously on Missing Richard Simmons. I didn't think anyone liked me because I was fat. Stop complaining, you've got to go home with this body. Not me, now let's do them. Today we're talking about the fastest growing weight loss program in history. So now I guess you like a little tight ass, huh? <laughs> I felt that my pulpit could be bigger, I guess. You know, I do what I want to do, as I've always done. I teach my class, I kiss everybody, I take hundreds of photos, and I go home. I just felt that I could help God and help the world by doing what I really wanted to do. I want some people to come up who promised that they're going to start now. Let tonight, let right now be your starting day. I'm Dan Taberski, and this is Missing Richard Simmons, Episode 6, A Day at the Beach. Let's start four months ago, November. I just got an email from Slimmons alum Dave Garcia, and I'm doing that thing that drives me nuts when people do it to me. Responding to an email with a phone call. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good. Dude, I can't believe it. I know. It's a stunner. It's a shocker. He had just found out that after 40 years and almost three years with other people subbing for Richard, Slimmons was closing its doors. The last class would be November 19th. So you don't think he's going to be there? I have a hunch that he won't. I mean, he hasn't been in nearly three years. Why start now? Are you going to go? I sure am. It's on my calendar. I'll see you there. I will see you there, my friend. This is the last class. I'm in there somewhere, jumping around like a fool. Richard didn't show. People had hoped, but no one was really surprised. That class was like doing jumping jacks at a wake, where the village people are playing. At the part where Richard usually gives his inspirational thought of the day, there was no one to give it. So people just started speaking, being thankful for all of it, filling the absence that they felt. I was a very obese person, and Richard helped me find my happy person. I will always love him. He was the rock star to many of these people. Thank you for you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being so inspirational, giving hope to people who had none. And then the looting began. And I'm only half kidding. The whole place was up for grabs. Pictures from the wall, mugs. I got a three-pound dumbbell. I think I saw Gigi stripping out the copper wiring. Just kidding. But everyone was grabbing a little piece of history. Not just Richard's, but their own. I'm taking a step thing. 
That's hilarious. It's not hilarious. It's really important to have these things because no matter where you go, you need a step thing. So you get to take a mat and wait as a going away gift. <laughs> yeah. Sincerely, this is re these are Richard's records. Want anything? I'm, I'm looking. You're I'm. Footloose? No, I don't. I, right now, I'm looking at Diana Ross. Madonna, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just thinking about having to exercise to that song is torture. Most people were there for closure. But for a lot of them, for the hurt they feel, it just wasn't enough. I miss everybody tremendously. Mm. So getting together in a class like this, it fills your heart again. and You start missing it more. That's Iris. Front row in every class with her sister, Marcia. It always is going to matter that Richard isn't around. Um, because really, we don't know what's happening with him. I can't make him answer an email or make him answer a phone call or make him answer a card. If he chooses not to, it's his choice. How do you, really how do you let that go, man? I, I just do. You have to let it go. You don't have a choice. You have to go on with life. When you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. I just, I can never do that. I can never walk away from everybody and not say goodbye. So even if you want to start taking care of yourself, you can still say goodbye. You just could say, I'm retiring from this and say goodbye. The way it was done, I don't think it was handled right. Doesn't mean that I don't care about him. It just means if he made this choice to do it this way, I think he did not do the right thing. Thanks, man. It's nice to the see you. The best I could say. No, I really Without appreciate it. Without saying something I don't want to say. I really say. appreciate it. Also there was Michael Catalano, Richard's manager. I think it's fair to say he's built his life around Richard. And he was there as the stand-in for the guy everyone was really hoping to see. What did you think of the last class? I thought it was absolutely awesome. I thought, I thought it was exactly what Richard would have wanted. Richard, of course, isn't past tense. He's home, just a few blocks away. I've reached out to Michael many times in the past three years about Richard, and he has, very nicely, shut me down every time. But that brings us to now. A couple days ago, Michael called and said he wanted to talk, and we did for a while. But we'll get to that later. Last week, Henry and I flew to Los Angeles to try and talk to Richard one last time. By the time we landed, we discovered that someone else had gotten there first the LAPD. Detective Kevin Becker paid a visit to Richard's house in the Hollywood Hills for another welfare check. He said it was, at least in part, because of this podcast and the worries that a lot of people still have about Richard's well-being. We talked to Detective Becker at length about it. He wouldn't let us record the conversation. He says he hadn't done TV or radio in 30 years on the job. Becker was there for 90 minutes. He said it was relaxed, but he talked to Richard and Teresa in separate rooms presumably to make sure that neither was influencing the other in their answers. The result? He says Richard is, quote, fine. He says, mentally, he's perfect. He says, I don't even want to say he's lucid because that makes him seem feeble. He says Teresa was, quote, nice and cooperative. He says Richard shaved his beard, thank God. He also said that Richard seemed healthy and fit. He might kill me for saying this, but to me, Detective Becker seemed almost smitten, as if Richard had turned on the old charm and Becker loved it. So, at least according to a cop 
who hung out with him for an hour and a half at his house. Richard Simmons is all right. Here's another piece of information from this week that goes into the maybe he's okay column. I almost missed it myself. And at first it seems really small, like stupidly small, but I think there's something significant to it. Here it is. I'll play it for you. Did you catch that? That's the sound of a two-second video posted on Richard's official Facebook account. I'll play it again. Any guesses? It's the beach. From what I can tell from the volleyball nets and other signs, it's Will Rogers State Beach, where Sunset Boulevard meets the ocean. He posted it with this message. Enjoying this beautiful day in Southern California after all the rain we've had this winter. Dot, 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 dot. Hope it's beautiful where you are too, five exclamation points. It is quite literally the worst celebrity Facebook content ever created, which makes me almost positive that it was done by Richard. No social media manager would ever post something like this. And just to be clear, there hasn't been anything that seems straight from Richard in a really long time. I think it's him trying to make things seem normal. And hell, if he's at the beach, that's pretty normal. It means he's out of the house. And after three years of not being seen in public, I think that's pretty great. So if we go with Detective Becker saying he's okay and throw in a two-second Facebook video of a beach, maybe Richard is okay, or at least more okay than we thought. So if he is, fine. What does that make me? The guy who just can't get himself to believe it. We're going to explore that terrifying question in a moment. But first, I want to clear something up about Teresa Ravellis, Richard's housekeeper. Since we aired Moro's side of this story, which involves Teresa, additional people who are close to the situation have come forward. They spoke to me off the record because of their work and personal relationships to Richard. And after speaking with Detective Becker, who is trained in sniffing this stuff out and has no stake in this situation except everyone's safety, I want to say this. Based on all this information, I believe Teresa Ravellis is just doing her job. Moreover, from what I hear now, she seems to be doing it well. Coming up, the conclusion to Missing Richard Simmons. This week, someone DM'd me on Facebook. Big news, I know. But actually, it turned out it was. This person was part of a regular chat room Richard used to host for years and years. It was kind of like a virtual Slimmons, with people from all around the country looking for some Richard inspiration. Participants called themselves Webbies, and they were anonymous, except for Richard. He's what they were there for. And they had cute usernames like Sweet Sam or KitKat42. Richard was Richard S. Anyone could join. You just bought a membership. A couple bucks. It was for the public. This person, the person who contacted me, was concerned and wanted us to see the transcript from Richard's last visit to the chat room in April of 2014, two months after he disappeared. And we confirmed its authenticity. What he said in the chat room that day was upsetting about depression and dark places, things that would make you worried for him, or any friend. And the people in the group were worried, just regular people, 
who logged on and now just didn't know quite what to do. MJ33 said, can we help? Sunny Girl said, let us help you. Dancer87, there must be something we can do to help you. I'm not going to read Richard's exact words. It feels too private. But it wasn't too private for Richard. And that's the thing. He was sharing with friends and fans and whoever else paid to be there. For me, it showed how impossibly confusing it had gotten for Richard Simmons and his unique kind of celebrity that he'd carved out. The lines were so blurred between being Richard the famous guy, Richard the weight loss mentor, Richard the friend, and anonymous Richard S., just the regular guy in a chat room who needs help sometimes. Those blurred lines were the genius of Richard Simmons, but also the peril. And it's not hard for me to see now how the guy who set this whole thing in motion might want to jump off the ride. It also makes me feel for all those people that were worried about Richard when he first stopped showing up. They weren't crazy. They were concerned. I know I was. It wasn't conjecture because he was telling people. Richard Simmons was saying it out loud, in all caps. Talk a little for me. Uh, testing one, two, three. Testing one. This is me from the first day of working with Henry on this project. Before it even had a title. In fact, at the time, we had a code name for it. Milton. That's Richard's given name. The first thing Henry wanted to do was to just ask me questions about anything I knew and thought about Richard. To just start compiling stuff. Um, what would you want to ask him that you never got a chance to ask him before he disappeared? The thing that's always... St- duck out with me about Richard Simmons is that he's... As I'm asking myself, basically, what's my deal with Richard Simmons? Being able to hear a conversation with myself from six months ago makes introspection a lot easier. Still super painfully uncomfortable to hear, by the way, but easier. Sort of any science behind it, he just exuded this energy and would just tell people over and over again to love yourself and to love yourself and to love yourself and that they're worth it. Um, and there's just this nagging feeling that Richard Simmons doesn't feel the same way about himself. If he said to you, like, why are you doing this? What would you say? In my perfect world of worlds, this gesture would be the entire world and all the people around him telling Richard Simmons that he should love himself and to the point where he would believe it. I know that's impossible, but it'd be great. And is it my place to tell him that that's not how he should live? No. But I probably would anyway. Just like I would hope that somebody, you know... I've been in positions where I needed help and, and and you need people to tell you. You need people to tell you that what you think feels like the only way to live right now, um, you, need, you need people to tell you that it's not. You need to be reminded because you can just fall into, into a K-hole of just loneliness and solitude. Um, and then you can't count on yourself anymore to, be, to, to, to know what's right. Sorry, I hope this isn't going in a weird place. No, I totally... I think I... So that was me then, and this is me now. That's where I was coming from. Barf. I know. But it's real. So, what do you do? If I'm going to be honest about Richard, I probably should put myself out there a little bit too. 
So stop looking at me like that. <laughs> now let's get to the bottom of this Barbra Streisand thing. You went to... Uh, I really don't want to talk about You went to mind. Tiffany's and you bought for Barbra Streisand a diamond ring. Now is that true? Yes. This is Richard talking to David Letterman in 1994. This is a very expensive gesture of your affections. So I, right. I can't help it. I love her. Never and you go out and you spend $100,000 on a diamond ring for a woman you never met? Yes. <laughs> she's inspired me for 30 years. For 30 years, she's been God's bell, a beautiful voice. I love her. Maybe you don't understand love, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave. The reason I like this story is that it shows that Richard really digs a grand gesture. And foolish or not, this podcast was my grand gesture to Richard. And I was hoping it would be impossible to ignore. As for Richard's grand gesture to Barbara Streisand, she sent the ring back. It was too much. He tells that story a lot. Hi, it's Michael. Hey, Michael. Hi, Dan, I could barely hear you. Is that better? Yes. Okay. A little little better. All right, right on. That's Michael Catalano, Richard's manager. Remember him? I've known Michael as long as I've known Richard. This whole time, Michael has not wanted to talk to me about Richard. This week, Michael wanted to talk. Um, So, just so people understand, you're no ordinary manager. How long have you known Richard? Uh, I have known Richard 30 years next month. Holy smokes. What's your anniversary? Uh, in, it's April. It is <laughs> April of uh, 87. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the exact date. All right. Well, well, I'll, get, I'll get back to you on that then. My first question, has Richard heard any of this? I don't think he has listened to it in its entirety, but I, I think he's heard snippets of it for sure. And he's certainly aware of the coverage. The, the love and the outpouring of uh, goodwill toward it's overwhelming. It is, I'm not surprised by it, but it is o- overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, do you understand why Richard is so important to me and the people who love him and, and, and that they are worried? I mean, does that, um, you know, and I and actually, let me, let me follow that up by saying I kind of feel, especially after the welfare check and, uh, and, and Detective Becker and all the people we've been talking to, I kind of feel... Uh, better um, that he is okay. Um, I, I can't say that Richard feels better as a result of the podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, perhaps you do. I, I, I think you've really created more worry and speculation. He, I, I would say he left in a concerning way, and that people were worried about him, uh, and that a lot of those friendships that may have meant something for him, um, you know, they they just ended. Like Jerry, for example. Um, can you understand their point of view, or do you think their confusion and concern is misplaced? Well, I, I think you know Richard has this unique quality uh, in a way of you know spending ten minutes with somebody. And, you know, they feel like they are his best friend. And it's just a gift that he has. You know, it's making people feel comfortable and making people really feel like they are part of his inner circle. And that's not necessarily true. There's a a misrepresentation of of the depth of the friendships or the relationships. So So even like friendships that have gone, you know, 
10, 20, 25 years, you think maybe that there's a difference in perception about what those relationships meant to each person? I do. Wow. Um, wow, that's it's. I, I totally get it. I mean, if that's if that's reality, that's reality, right? But it also, I can also see the flip side that if you had considered him your friend for so long, that that's got to be a bummer. No doubt. Is it possible we all got Richard Simmons wrong? Let's just go down this road for a second. What if Richard Simmons really is fine? Always has been. Detective Becker says he's fine. So did Richard's publicist. He's basically retired. Richard's brother said it. He's very content and he's healthy. Hell, even Richard said it to Savannah Guthrie. I'm feeling good. My health is good. What if all those friendships, decades-long friendships with Jerry and Iris and those people, what if they weren't real? Spending 10 minutes with somebody... And, you know, they feel like they are his best friend. What if all the sadness he seemed to exude? God gives us a bracelet, and we put the charms on it, Neil. And they're all not happy charms. What if he was just a really good actor? I just really don't want to do anything. And maybe he sounds so sad on the Today Show because that's what he sounds like when he doesn't have to be that short shorts character he made up 40 years ago to become rich and famous. Today, Soto Dallas has been with me for 30 years. And maybe he only hangs out with Teresa and his brother and himself because those are the only people he feels like he doesn't have to be that person around. There's a million reasons why I think that is not true, or at least not the whole truth. That's what this whole thing was about. But this is what I think could be true. Something happened to Richard Simmons in early 2014. Whatever it was, it was really difficult. I believe that now more than I ever did. And so he retreated. But you know what I think? I think and I hope that maybe after a while, a few months, a year, he got over it. He came out the other side. And that when he did, he realized, I'm free. I don't have to do it anymore. Think back to what Kathy from Nebraska said about living with obesity. And um, it's a really tough thing. The longer you stay in isolation the harder it is to get out of it because the world goes on without you. That pain is real for too many people. But I guess for some, there's another way to think about it. On the one hand, the longer you stay in isolation, the world goes on without you. But another way to say it, the longer you stay in isolation, the world goes on without you. And maybe for Richard... That means freedom. I'm back with Michael Catalano. Um, I'm just curious. uh, When Slimmons closed a few months ago, I was kind of waiting for Richard to bust out of a broom closet and surprise everybody or something. (laughs) <laughs> um, but right. he didn't show up. It was it was so meaningful to him, that place. That can't have been easy for him to say goodbye to it. You know, for, for Richard, who who is, uh, you know, who wears his emotions, on, you know, on his sleeveless tank top, um, <laughs> he, he, you know, it would have been too much for him. Is that a larger theme here? Like that, that just saying goodbye would be too much for him? Look, we all we all know that this is you know uh, a, a a very uh, emotional um, 
empathetic, sympathetic, compassionate person. Uh, I think anybody that has those traits over a long period of time, yeah, I think good buys are tough. Yeah. Most people want, you know, you know, want, want, want that last bow. Not everybody. Can I just ask you, as, as a friend of Richard's, do you just wish he would take the bow? Richard has always been one, one of the most uh, headstrong and stubborn people I've ever met. Um, the fact that he's uh, resolute in this and how he feels today and, and about this and about responding, and mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm not surprised. It has to be what he wants, not what I want or, you know, what, you know. What I want. What you want or any other, you know, journalist or it just, it has to be what his, he wants. This is, he's earned it. This is, you know, this is his story, you know. So he has the, he has the, certainly the right to write the ending. You're absolutely right. It is his story. But the thing that happened with Richard is that he touched so many people, not in a celebrity way, not in a uh, here's my headshot, good luck losing weight type of way. I mean, what if the person who spent a decade saving your life told you that they want you to pretend it never happened? And I think that's how some people feel. Can you understand that? I do, but I, I don't think he's asking any of them to pretend it never happened. I think he's just asking them to understand that it, it no longer is and to please respect it. Wow. Um, I have to ask. Uh, is it possible to get five minutes with Richard Simmons? It is not. And there it is. Grand gesture denied. Richard sent the ring back. No Richard popping out of a giant cake or surprising me in a big old chicken costume. I don't even think that guy exists anymore. I am sad not to hear from him. I really am. But there were sadder outcomes to consider. So this one's pretty good. One thing I am surprised is something, that there is a question you have not asked me. Oh, God almighty, what is it? And I'm very shocked, Dan, coming from you. You're scaring me. What is you it? You haven't asked me... Well, you haven't asked me what, when is the last time I saw Richard. Okay, hold on a second. When have you seen Richard last? Yesterday. <laughs> what were you doing? I hung out, went to hang out with him for a while. What did you do? What did Richard and I do? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you do when you're hanging out? You play cards? We sat. We, we chatted. We talked about things. That's, that's what we do. That's what I do when I visit him. Great. That makes me happy, so, Michael. It really right. does. Henry and I are at Will Rogers State Beach. And just so America knows, Henry, I like your bathing suit. <laughs> Where's yours? <laughs> I'm not an idiot. It's March. Remember Richard's two-second <laughs> Facebook video? This is the beach I think he was at. Oh, see the pelican dive into the water? Yeah. That video was so sad to me. 
It sounded so eerie. But that's how I experienced it from the outside, trying to piece together too little information into a bigger picture. But if he took that video, this is how he experienced that day. It's peaceful. Kids are playing. It's misty and the sun just barely set. Families are shaking the sand out of their beach towels before they pack it up. Where is he? He's home. Why has he done this? Because he just doesn't want to be that guy anymore. And who was that guy? He was Richard Simmons. And he was amazing. As for who that guy is now, he's keeping it to himself, leaving us to project our own stuff on it. So from here on out, this is how I intend to project on Richard's mysterious life. Here at this beach, winding down. And that's it. Other than that, I am not sure how to end this. Endings are hard. Just ask Richard Simmons. Missing Richard Simmons is a co-production of Pineapple Street Media, First Look Media, and Stitcher. It's produced by Henry Malofsky. And me, I'm Dan Taberski. Additional production, research, and fact-checking by Diane Hodson. Joel Lovell is our editor. Our music is by Andrew Dost. And the music from the show is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. We also use the song Montage from the motion picture Swiss Army Man by composers Andy Hull and Robert McDowell. This episode was mixed by Whitney Jones. Special thanks to our friends Mark Holden and Eric Cifuentes at the Invisible Studios in West Hollywood for coming through in the final stretch. Thanks also to Lex Friedman. Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky are the executive producers at Pineapple Street. Thanks also to Barry Finkel, Ricky Nowitzki, and Josh Gwynn. Thank you, Pineapple Street Media, sincerely, every one of you, for showing me how to do this. The team at First Look Media is Adam Pincus, Lital Malad, Nick Bornstein, and Lisa Leingang. Thank you, First Look, for thinking this is worth telling. And if you want to hear some behind-the-scenes stuff, it will be on Stitcher Premium soon. To find out more, visit missingrichardsimmons.com. And finally, thank you to all the folks at Slimmons and friends of Richard who trusted me to tell this story. 